Welcome to Soda Mesa with Sandy. Hope everybody is having a wonderful day. Today, of course, like every other time, we have an amazing conversation with an amazing guest. So please welcome Yashika Ellis. Goes by Shika. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. I'm so glad we get to do this. I know. I'm excited. Good, good. Um, So just a little bit about Shika. Her and I go way back, <laughs> like <laughs> diapers way back. <laughs> do you remember how that all came about and how we met? I remember we were really young, but I don't remember like the details. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't either. I guess I had to talk to my mom about it. <laughs> we were like three, maybe four tops. My mom worked for a family that had multiple properties. And one of those was an apartment complex where your mom, your family, you guys all lived at. So yeah, it's you're probably one of like the longest <laughs> friendships I have. Yeah. We, you know, of course, life happens. You know, we move, we go to different schools, but we went to middle school together. And then we re- reconnected social media. Yeah. Was it Instagram or Facebook? One of the two. Something. I, I don't mean, remember. We've, <laughs> we've seen all of social media right. develop. I mean, sadly, we're that what they call geriatric millennials now. <laughs> oh god but right when covid was starting right is yeah that's when we we moved to colorado yeah and i found out she lived here too so that was great but (laughs) (laughs) short-lived when did you move back to la uh december of 2021 so just over a year ago i cannot believe time has blown by for sure. But I'm glad you're back home with family. Sad you're not here to hang out. (laughs) But that just means you'll have to visit. Yeah, I'll have to pop back out there soon just to see you. Exactly. Um, Well, to start off, are you drinking anything special today? Uh, Besides water, I have a strawberry lemon lime mocktail that I made uh, for Christmas when my friends got me bunch of like little mixins since I don't drink anymore. Um, So I've been experimenting with different things over the last couple of months. It's been fun. That sounds so refreshing. It is. It is. So yummy. You'll have to tell me what kind of mixers those are. Okay. I am drinking a milk tea, a Thai tea, and I absolutely love Thai tea. Every time I go get boba or anything like Mm -hmm. that, I always go back to getting Thai tea. (laughs) It's like you can't fail. Like it can't go wrong. Right. Like you can't mess that up. You hope not. I have like the worst (laughs) luck eating out or getting anything. My husband jokes that I'm like cursed (laughs) because without fail, if they mess up our order, it's mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always. That sucks. But you know what? Knock on wood. My Thai tea is always great. (laughs) I'll have to add in the description what kind of Thai tea I get. Apparently it's like the one they use the most in Thailand and it's delicious and you can get it online. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yummy. Keep us refreshed during this this conversation. We just want to hop into a little bit of your background and a little bit about you. Um, Yeah, so I have my bachelor's in marketing management in the middle of grad school to finish my MBA right now. So that's been fun. And so I was born in Mississippi, um, grew up here in LA, moved to Colorado in 20, at the end of 2017, going into 2018, and then moved back to LA in December of 2021. So it's been a journey. Lived in Tennessee for a little bit, moved to Mississippi for like a year and a half at one point as well. Um, Yeah, something keeps bringing me back to LA. So here we are. It's just home. Yeah. It is. I mean, trust me, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I should just move back to LA because I miss it so much. Mm. I usually go, try to go like once a year. I think just during COVID that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But then it's like cost of living. It's ridiculous. It's so expensive, but I'll have to visit. You'll have to visit and we'll have a good time. Sounds like a plan. Like I said, Sheikha and I went to middle school together and we had plenty of good times. We played basketball together. We did sports academy and it was exhausting. (laughs) They (laughs) totally kicked our ass. They were the best though. 
Yeah. So yeah, you guys check out Sheikah's Instagram. She's always traveling and doing fun things. And (laughs) that'll be a little bit about what we talk about today. The main topic today is children. Surprisingly controversial topic, which I don't understand quite why. (laughs) I don't. I don't get it either. I guess just like any other topic that people just want to dictate how someone else should live their lives. Pretty much. Maybe a little bit of hating. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But I I wanted to kind of touch on your family a bit. What was like your family like growing up? Like, were they traditional? Were they religious? Like, what kind of composed the values that your family and you had growing up? Uh, I would say like my extended family was like the more traditional religious like background type. Um, So we would go back to Mississippi every summer and then like try to go another time during the year, probably through like the end of middle school, right before before flights got expensive after 9-11 and all of that. Uh, So we would visit often. Uh, My grandma and a couple of my aunts would come here from time to time. But my great grandma was definitely like church and, you know, really believed in God. She believed in angels. Um, So like, that's where that came from. Like, she's the one that instilled that in us more so. Um, And my mom was like, religious to a, to an extent. Um, But I definitely saw it more while I was with my extended family than at home. Um, So yeah. I I guess probably for people our age, that's kind of around the same kind of dynamic where our parents weren't like 100% like old school, our grandparents right. were. And so we're kind of in that middle of like changing things, I guess. Agreed, agreed. I guess that goes to show with like everything, right? In the times that we grew up in. Definitely. So as far as family and goals and milestones, were there like these expectations or kind of like this map of what your life should look like? Uh, not, I'm trying to think. I don't feel like necessarily that there was. It was kind of like, you know, expected to go to school, like get good grades, get a trouble type of deal. Um, but not so much of like a life path of like, this is what you're supposed to do. Like it was kind of like our family is very much you know, pushes like higher education and stuff. So it was like expected, like, hey, you know, when you finish high school, you're going to go to college type of deal. Um, And it's funny because we all kind of like veered in different directions of that. Uh, um, Like we all went in some capacity, but it like, for me, it probably took the longest to actually go and just figure out what I wanted to do and finish. Um, So I went through a few different majors and schools before Um, I ended up in business and marketing, which I love um, and has kind of been where my career shifted and all that. Um, But yeah, not so much of like an expectation, I would say. I think for me, you know, being Hispanic and traditionally Catholic, um, we kind of were the first to like veer away from that. My, My parents... I think I was like 13 or 14, we converted Mormon. So I kind of grew up Mormon. But even prior to that, it was very traditional in the sense of, you know, roles, (laughs) gender roles. And uh, I mean, life in general, like, yeah, go to school, graduate, especially my parents being immigrants, like go to college, Mm -hmm. like take advantage of education. And then, you know, being a woman of saying, get married, have kids, start a family and be uh, the homemaker. And I think for my parents, it wasn't necessarily stay at home and be a mother, Mm -hmm. but it was, um, that's just expected of like, oh, you're a woman. That's what you should want (laughs) or what's, or that's what you should do or just naturally come to you, Um, which is, Like, I really wonder, like, where in time (laughs) that became, like, the norm. I I often question that because, especially now, like, you know, life is so different for us. There's so many more, like, opportunities that women 
you know, even 50, 60 years ago didn't necessarily have. Uh, so it's an interesting dynamic, especially like within family with multiple generations, you kind of can see it. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. And then you add the complexity of being a woman of color too, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure there are women that want to be homemakers, but can't because of you know, society, economics, being a person of color, immigration, where now you have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my mom worked yeah. all the time as we grew up. Like, I don't remember a time she didn't work. And I'm sure she would have. I mean, we were four kids. <laughs> <laughs> I I often question like how she managed all of that. Four kids working, right. managing a home. So it's a lot. It is. It's crazy. It's, it's a lot. I often felt that even though my parents wouldn't necessarily talk to me about that on a regular basis, I feel like subconsciously it was also just known. <laughs> okay. But over time, clearly things have changed and I was very different. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like to go out. I like to do a bunch of stuff. And Especially my dad was always like, why don't you just stay home? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. Which that also goes into a bunch of other stuff associated to to all of this. But um, the whole point of this (laughs) is the concept of this general expectation society has to want to be a mother and to want to start a family. What was your point of view growing up as far as that? Is this something you thought about ever? Probably towards like early in high school is when I would start thinking about it. I don't I don't think I ever felt like pressured like that was where my life was supposed to go and that was like my life path was like go have kids. Um I knew very like early in my teen years that I probably didn't want to and by the end of high school was definitely like this is not what I want for my life. Um and so for the most part, the majority of the women in my family have kids. I have one aunt that doesn't, but I want to say the rest of them do. Um, and so, you know, I saw different variations of family growing up. Um, and it's funny because I love kids. Uh, anybody that knows me will tell you that, but I've just never had that desire to like biologically be a mother. Isn't it crazy, though, how people have that misconception that a person that chooses not to have kids hates kids. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I know there's people out there that do genuinely don't like to be around kids and have no mm-hmm. interest. But I think majority of the time, that's not the case. Yeah, that's correct. It's just so interesting where people get these ideas and kind of make it like a blanket, a blanket statement of that's just how it is for every person that's right. childless. <laughs> well. I was going to say, though, that's pretty early for you to have thought, oh, I don't want kids. Yeah. Like, that's surprisingly young. It was very. Was there like a specific thing that kind of started sparking that thought of like, ooh, maybe I don't want kids? (laughs) I don't think it was anything that like happened. For me, it was more I I saw and experienced a lot early on. um, And I think it was more of like, I don't want to have a child in this environment. And then as I got older, it was just like, I don't want to give up like my freedom to have a kid because that once you have a child, you're no longer the priority. Your health is the priority. um, Your financial stability is the priority. And your your sole focus is on your kid. Um, And that's a lot. And I know I knew a long time ago that that's not what I wanted for my life. It's interesting because growing up, like I said, based on society and culture, I definitely grew up thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait until I get married. I can't wait to have kids and have a family. And especially where I grew up around families that were big. Okay. Lots of kids. I think it was almost rare and people would question when someone had maybe just one or two kids. It's like, oh, you don't want any more? <laughs> You're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Right, like I, I have them. Yeah, like you don't have to have a ton of kids to be happy. 
Right. Um, and I think that's also the expectation that people have or or think that the only way a woman specifically is going to be happy is by becoming a mother, which don't get me wrong. I think for those who do want to have kids um, and plan to, it, it does bring a huge sense of joy. Yeah. And even as an aunt... It almost brings, it's not the same kind of joy as a parent, but it's different. And there's no doubt that that is like very strong, big feelings. Definitely. So part of what brought me back to LA was my niece. So my sister had a baby in October of 2020. Uh, So my niece is two going on 20. (laughs) Um, And I was back and forth so much throughout her pregnancy and the year after. And I was just like, um, I was in a place where I wasn't really tied down to Colorado. I I loved being there, had been there going on four years at that point. Um, But I knew that I wanted to play an active role in my niece's life. And so that was kind of part of the motivation to come back. Uh, And I love that kid to death. She is hilarious. and it has been a journey and it's just i'm so thankful that like i was in the position to be here and i have the flexibility to be there when she needs me or just when she decides to come knock on my door and wants to hang out all day um so yeah it's awesome yeah i think that people underestimate the bond and love that an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or even like a family friend can have to either another child in the family or even a friend's child. You know, I always go back to that saying of like, it takes a village. It definitely does. Because it really is. It really does take a village. And that's how it should be. Because you learn so many different things from so many different people and the role they have in your life. And based on their life experiences and how they live their life. Yeah. So like I was saying, for me... That's what I grew up, you know, have a family, have kids, get married. And that's problematic within itself, um, Mm -hmm. especially when you go into religion, because then you kind of have this warped idea of what your life should be like. And you just wait. You're always waiting for that to happen. Yeah. And you miss a lot of opportunities. You, You really do. And I think... For me, it wasn't until like my mid to late 20s that I was like, you know what, I need to focus on myself. It's not saying I didn't want those things, but I shifted my train of thought and my focus onto myself and and was like, well, if these things happen, then great. But quite honestly, at that point, I was like, I'm doomed. It's not meant for me because I still had like, I still felt like something was wrong with me for not having those things at the age that I was at. I felt like a failure, which that has its own effects mentally and emotionally. (laughs) Um, Do I still think about having kids? Sure. But it's not what I strive for. It's not what I revolve my life around. Um, And so for those who don't know, my husband and I actually became foster parents January of 2022. And that has been its own journey within itself. And it has also kind of changed our perspective and opinions about family and children and what that looks like. It's, there's a lot. (laughs) There is so much. Um, When you like dating, is this something that you talk to partners about? Yes. Um, So anytime, just in general, anybody asks, I'm very much like, no, I don't want kids. Like there was, um, it was a couple years ago. um, And I was talking to this guy, we were just kind of back and forth. And he's like, oh, you don't want kids. And I'm like, he's like, you don't, you want kids? And I was like, no. He's like, at all? I'm like, no, it's like, we're not doing that. And he was like, okay. You're like, so tell me now. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm, and I very much make it a point to just, you know, like I don't put myself in situations where um, 
if it's going to be an issue, I'm like, I step away. Like, this isn't for me and I'll be good. Um, yeah, no, I'm very just straight up about it because I know that's not something that I want. So like, why am I going to put time and energy into like this dating this person, this relationship, if that's what they want. And I know that we're not on the same page there. It's wild to me that there's people that don't have that conversation and they're in serious relationships, sometimes even long-term relationships. And then they wonder why it's a conflict down the line. Mm -hmm. It's that's a huge life choice. Completely. That it's not just a matter of saying, I want kids or don't want kids, but that affects the dynamic of a relationship. Exactly. Like people really underestimate that. Like they they feel like, oh, somewhere down the line, they'll change their mind. Right. Or like, we'll figure it out. But it's like, no. And I mean, sadly, there are people that like, quote unquote, give in and have a, a child. But that brings me to the next thought of why do people decide to have kids? Or was there any family planning involved? Uh, that's always, how do I want to say it? I don't know. I feel like for me, like that's never been, like I've never had to have that kind of train of thought because I always knew like that's not what I wanted. But you know, like I have friends that have kids and it's like sometimes they planned it out. Sometimes it was a surprise. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, they're some of the best parents that I know. But that would be an interesting topic to expand on. Like I said, specifically our generation, there's so many things that were never talked about or discussed or taught, right? Even till this day. Yeah. And one of those is like family planning, sex education, like the fact that's that's still a conflict this day and age. It's insane. It's necessary. And don't get me wrong, things still happen. You know, there's unplanned pregnancies and all that. But I think like you said, there's people that just are amazing people and make amazing parents. And then on the other hand, sadly, there are people that are not prepared for that mm -hmm. or realize like, hey, I don't want to be a parent. What do I do? Yeah. And that's such a tough position to be in. And this is my thought, my opinion, and I could be wrong. So People do not come at me. <laughs> do not come at me. I think even though there's the complexities of having an unplanned pregnancy and someone realizing they don't want a kid, that there that comes with its own issues. But I think even having a kid and realizing that and then trying to plan for a better life for that child. I feel like there's more thought to that than having a child for the wrong reasons and not providing for that child in a way that doesn't cause them trauma and lifelong issues and bad relationships. I don't know. If, does that make sense? That makes sense. And I can say that I definitely agree with you on that. And I, for me personally, I exploring being a foster parent, going through training, we went through like a whole year mm -hmm. of training, interviews. It was way deeper than we thought. We had like pretty much psyche valves, yeah. like all of this stuff that even made us like reflect on our childhood and how they ask you, like, how did your parents parent you? <laughs> like they go far into it, at least here in Colorado. Okay. And through that process and this last year of being foster parents, even now, my perspective and my husband's perspective and and thoughts and questions about parenting have changed dramatically <laughs> <laughs> dramatically but for me like i was not a quite a dater not by choice <laughs> which that's a, a whole nother episode yeah so i wasn't a person that dated or got into like these serious relationships to get to that point of having that conversation Okay. And at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to get married and have kids. So I'm sure at some point I would have had that conversation. But once I met my husband, we've been together for what? It's going to be eight years in August. And we had decided like, yeah, that's something we want to do. 
Okay. And like I said, I think now doing foster care, I think we're being more intentional and questioning and and really seeing what our life is like and what life we can provide for a child. And then you add the complexities of foster care and adoption and all of that. It's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. It's crazy to me that this is also such a political topic that now we have things like overturning like Roe v. Wade. Just insanity. I mean, I have a lot of opinions about it. Um, But at the end of the day, I just feel like men shouldn't have a say in what women do with their bodies because they're never going to have to deal with even half of the things that we do. Um, And like, why are you trying to force a woman to have a child when you don't know her situation? Like, you don't know her home life. You don't know her financial situation. Uh, you don't know what her health is like. So I feel like that's her choice and her choice only what she decides. I, I find it funny that people that have voted with overturning Roe v. Wade are the same people that are not finding ways to support families and even more specifically single mothers, communities of color. So for someone that wants people to have a family and have a child and want these, you know, children to have a safe place, they're also not helping create that. They're the, they're the boundary. (laughs) They're they're part of the problem. (laughs) Like, am I the problem? Am I the drama? (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) It's crazy. I can see where someone being religious has their opinions about, you know, an abortion or things like that, or simply not choosing to have a child. But for that very reason, it's think about quality of life, right? right? Think about someone actually trying to, they can provide for a child or them having the resources, especially in this economic environment that we have, where even what we would have considered like middle class, there's plenty of people that are considered middle class that still can't avoid, or avoid, they still can't afford having basic needs because cost of living, right? Buying a home or even just renting. Like how, how is it that you expect someone on minimum wage to provide like two or three months rent and a deposit and then pay like, and then pay for childcare, like, which is probably at what your rent is or double that. Those are all things that have to be considered. And for you, aside from deciding that, okay, I just don't want kids. So how does that decision play a role in what you have envisioned your life to be? That's a good one. There was a point where this was probably like, it was like early 20s, where I was like, okay, yeah, you know, a few years from now, like I can see myself being in a space where I'm ready to, you know, settle down, married and just, you know, work, build my career, do what I want to do, travel. and now i'm very much like if that doesn't happen i don't think that i care i was talking to my friend the other day and i'm just like i'm i'm tired like uh i don't have the energy like dating is a whole adventure in itself and i'm just i think i've been by myself for so long at this point where i'm just like i'm okay and i think that that's harder for other people to digest than it is for me Um, because I'm so used to it by now. I like my space. I like to be in silence from time to time. Um, And not having other people around, it's, you know, I find comfort in that and actively make it a point to like every few weeks, make sure I have a day where I just turn off my phone and don't talk to anybody. Um, And as far as sort of like what I want for my life, you know, finished school. I just started a new job in May of last year. Um, It's been an interesting and amazing transition. Company's really great. It's been an awesome experience so far. And just like the support we have around like professional development, development of yourself as a person, all the resources they provide. I'm like, this is really cool. 
And I, you know, just want to see where this path that I'm currently on takes me. And like I said earlier, like I love to travel. So um, next month I'm going to Dallas for an event. Um, later in the summer, I'm going to New Orleans, just a trip I've been wanting to take for quite a while. And was like, we're just going to plan this and go. Um, rich anti-life. <laughs> the rich anti-vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean rich as in like wealthy, which you could be. I don't know your finances, but just rich in life. Yeah. Which not saying that people that have kids don't have a rich life. You have found what you value in life, which includes having your own space and your own time and flexibility in your schedule, being able to travel when you want, like not being tied mm -hmm. down and having to plan around other human beings. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very grateful to be where I'm at, you know, today. Um, it's been a journey, got a lot going on health wise that I'm like in the middle of figuring out, but I'm like in between that, like, I just want to enjoy life. I want to be happy. I want to go to a random concert, um, uh, because I can. <laughs> um, and so I've got a lot of that going on this summer too. And it's just, you know, I want to have fun. There was a lot of years where like, I didn't have the energy to get out of bed some days, or I just wasn't in a good space like there was definitely not a lot of stability in my life so being where i'm at now i'm just taking taking it in every day and just appreciative for like where where i ended up like what i worked hard to achieve and then the people that i've surrounded myself with that fully support that so it's been yeah i'm like you know just go on adventures and have some fun so We'll see what the next few years bring. <laughs> Honestly, I love seeing like your posts of your travels <laughs> and adventures and all the concerts. Like I've lost count of how many concerts you've been to. And I'm sure you probably have too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah, but that's so like you found what you value and you're m building that life for yourself. And as much as you love kids, you've realized that, okay, that's not the life for me. This is what I enjoy and value where other people do enjoy and value the family life and raising kids yeah. and understanding the responsibility it is in raising a child a good human being it's a lot of work and you do sacrifice a lot of yourself for that yeah and i'm sure you seeing like now your sister having a child you see her challenges her joys mm -hmm. you know that's you guys all have what you value yeah for us like I said we started foster care and as much as we still think about having kids I think we need to normalize allowing people to change their mind or allowing people to as they grow up and develop and evaluate their circumstances to change their mind or to even question. Yeah. So for us, we do still talk about having kids, but we don't have this pressure from others or ourselves to say we have to have kids. Okay. And especially doing foster care. Whew, I do not want to get emotional, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> even people doing foster care adopting could be problematic within itself if people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. The goal with fostering obviously is reunification. Right. But as human beings, you can't avoid getting attached to another human being. Oh, damn. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the last year, we've had four teenagers and two toddlers. Um, wow. Ooh, give me a minute here. <laughs> Take your time. And these kids are amazing. They are not obviously in healthy and safe situations for mm -hmm. different, very different reasons. Um, but we have found that, you know, we kind of see ourselves as the aunt and uncle. Yeah. That we can still provide valuable things for these kids and their families to give them the time to get their life in a place where they can be reunited and have a healthy, safe environment. And sometimes that's still very hard to process and say, oh my gosh, I'm letting go, you know, of this kid right. that I already love so much. But then you realize that your family has just grown. Yeah. We've become part of their village. 
Mm-hmm. Just our perspective with that alone has made us see things in completely different points of views. And it's it's things that one, I think your average common person would never think about because right. we sure as hell didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but even more so now still doing this, there's so much of questioning ourselves, of questioning others, of researching, of understanding. And at the end of the day, we can all do our part in building our own lives and also strengthening others around us, especially when it comes to families and kids. You know, being the rich aunt, (laughs) the cool aunt is still so valuable and such an amazing journey. Because I mean, I love my nieces and nephews and we don't have family here in Colorado, but I just had the opportunity to be with my brother and his family for like three whole weeks, which was longer than expected. But I'm also so grateful for because spending that time with my niece was just like the best time ever. (laughs) That little girl is, and I'm not saying this because she's my niece, but she is so intelligent and just so witty and just so amazing. And I have learned to find joy in the present. Okay. As hard as that is sometimes, <laughs> because you still have goals and this vision of what you're, you want your life to be. But I'm learning to find joy in the present moment. And in the present moment for us is we don't have our own kids. We are in this journey of foster care and we're going to do our best to provide what we can to these kids and their families and help support our families and their kids. And if it happens for us at some point, great. And if it doesn't, I think we're learning to come to terms with that. That is awesome. And at the end of the day, like you're, you both work hard to provide a safe space for the kids that come into and out of your home. And I think that's what matters the most because that's what they need through that journey. And that's beautiful. Absolutely. When it comes to, you know, obviously you've, we're in our, in our thirties now, have you had like legitimately sat down and talked to your family about this or have they ever questioned you as to why or try to convince you otherwise? Not like sitting down for the purpose of just having that conversation. Um, It's something that they're all aware of. Uh, I wouldn't say that any of them have tried to convince me like to change my mind. It was funny when my sister like announced that she was pregnant. I had people like, oh, when are you having a kid? Or like, you know, random dudes from my past, like, okay, when are we having ours? Like, bye. Oh my <laughs> Just gosh. dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> the, que- the dreaded question, right? Of like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? And I'm just like, no, I'm not. I do. Um, so I've probably over the last like decade, I've always said that when I feel like I want kids around, then I'll go through the process to like become a foster parent. Um, and we had talked about this briefly one of the last times that I saw you, I think. Yeah. But um, just like I said earlier, trying to, being able to provide that safe space for, um, and I would want to, if it was an option, like specifically do it for teenagers, like give them that stability and safety to not only get out of high school, but then like be a resource for them as they navigate, well, am I going to college or am I going down this career path and just, you know, helping with that? Because I feel like when we were at that age, like we didn't really have that. Like you kind of had all the school has a college center, like go and get a fee waiver and then buy. Like there wasn't this um, wealth of resources and mentors and situations like that. So yeah, I see that in my future when I'm ready for that. Yeah, I do remember having having that conversation with you before you had moved and going back to that misconception that people that choose not to have kids, that they don't like kids or don't want to be around them. That's not the case for everyone. And for those people that whether they have chosen not to have kids or can't have kids, there's always a way to be able to support, teach values and, you know, especially teens. There's so many kids in the foster care system and you don't have to be a parent, a foster parent. You can be a mentor. Mm -hmm. You can be a coach. You can be a big brother, big sister, an aunt and uncle and still have a role in the development of a child. 
because as humans, especially, especially as children, as adolescents, we yearn for connection. We yearn for having some sort of love and connection from other people, regardless of what their role is in our life. And it goes such a long way. It really does. Especially when a kid, a child or an adolescent doesn't have someone to listen to them. Being able to even spend an hour with them, even if you don't talk about anything specific, just going out and keeping someone company. The way that some of these kids have expressed to us Like, hey, I've just never had someone to talk to or to listen to me. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking, but then it's also this kind of sense of like, wow, I can make an impact with something so small. Yeah. So small. All because it's something that they've never experienced before. Yeah. And so we also need to like not underestimate the power of things like that. So... For anybody out there that has chosen to not have kids or can't have kids, there are ways out there to make a difference. And there's ways out there to still kind of foster that feeling of being part of something greater. Look into it. You know, look on, go online, look at what your state looks like as far as mentoring, becoming a big brother, big sister, or even becoming a foster parent. And like I said, even becoming an official foster parent, I think there's also a lot of questions you need to ask yourself because it's it almost has it's like more stressful and complicated side than just being a parent. Yeah. Because we are that in between of we're not your parent, but we're a guardian, but we have the state and laws in between us. Right. We don't have the ability to make all decisions for you, even if we're trying to make healthy ones. So we are very kind of stuck in the middle, (laughs) which that adds its different load of another layer to the puzzle. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing how just life, the creation of life, (laughs) (laughs) the creation of a child just plays a huge role on everybody around you, not just for yourself or your partner and your family. But I'm so glad that you have found your spot, (laughs) you know, your position in your life of what you have, what you want, Mm -hmm. right? And you're living that. I would say this past year has been probably the most fun I've had in a while. So it's a good place to be in. What what has been your highlight in the last year? I think in general, just being home. Um, usually moving is no fun. Um, there's a million things that go into it. But I think this move, I think the easiest part of this move was that I literally just came home. Like the 95% of my friends are here, like my immediate family's here. And so that transition wasn't as hard as when I moved to Colorado. And so it's just been great to be able to text a friend like or call them. Hey, what are you doing today? And, you know, an hour later, I'm at their door. Like, let's go. I miss that. (laughs) I miss that. We're definitely trying to build our circle here in Colorado. And COVID hasn't helped that. It's made it a long journey. Yeah, COVID was the whole, the last few years was extremely difficult for a lot of reasons. And so... Um, it's been nice to be back and kind of, you know, have that physical presence of the people that I was on the phone with most of the days. Uh, and yeah, just getting to experience different things. Like we're saying, I go to a lot of concerts, so, um, that's been fun and just trying to figure out what's next. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, how long had it been since you had been living back in LA? Uh, like right at four years. Dang. Yeah. That's a while. Yeah, we've been away. Our my family's back in Utah. My husband's family's in Chicago, and we moved away from Utah the end of 2018. Okay, it's definitely been an interesting <laughs> last four ish years um, because, along with the pandemic, I think it made a lot of people like it forced them to sit there and think about life in general and their circumstances and their values and 
prioritizing what's important. Um, And I think family has been a big one for most people, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's their own immediate family, whether they have kids or not, or a a partner or not, but also your extended family. Like, oh, I realize that I don't talk to my family as much as I'd like to, or I live too far and I'd like to live closer, or, Mm -hmm. you know, what happens in case of an emergency? Do I have a support system? There's so many questions that we just, they're so important and we never take the time to actually ask ourselves that or ask our partner those questions. And I guess that's kind of a positive that has come out of the pandemic is being able to be more intentional with your decisions or or creating a plan. Definitely. I think not having that like physical support system was probably like the hardest part of when the pandemic hit and like everything kind of shut down and I would just be at home by myself like I haven't seen people in two months this is fun it was a lot and it's been a journey the isolation I think was it has been probably the hardest thing because even though we're not in the like thick of the pandemic anymore COVID is still a thing people so if you're sick stay home (laughs) (laughs) I think that's been was the hardest part for many people, especially when if you lived alone or didn't have family around. And for us, even now, like we're still trying to get to know people and like create those friendships and support, um, which also adds, you know, when there is children in your or when there are children in your life, that's important. Yeah. In a moment of emergency, if it wasn't for this network of foster parents, who else do we turn to? Right. So that's another question. You know, we've even questioned like, hey, we need to live closer to Denver because we live in the freaking boonies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, like I live in the smallest town ever. Like we joke because my dad's from Mexico and lives like in a rancho, like in a little (laughs) pueblo. And our town is smaller than that. And I'm like, how did we end up here? What decisions did I make in life to, <laughs> to get me here? No, but there's the positives, you know, pros and cons of living out here. But one of those is you're reconsidering, right? We have foster kids in our home. What does that mean for us to live this far out from the city? Right. And so we are considering, hey, we should probably sell our house and move. Um, so you just have to constantly reevaluate and see, do my current circumstances align with what's going on in my life, with what I want to do in life, especially when children are involved. Yeah. Um, and I think just if we're more intentional with those questions and life decisions, things would be much easier and better, not just for ourselves, but specifically for kids. Because they have no choice. Right. They're at the mercy of our decisions. Yeah. And we need to understand the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Truly. And I'm glad that you, in your way, have done that. Yeah. And if someday you change your mind, that's on you. Exactly. <laughs> people let people make their decisions for their lives, essentially, is what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we got to touch on this subject because it's often something that you don't sit down to talk about with anybody. Unless it's someone asking you, when are you going to have kids? (laughs) Which that question is also problematic, guys. Be careful with that type of question because you just stop asking people that question. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't know what someone's circumstances are. You know, if someone tells you, hey, I'm not going to have kids, then obviously you're starting a conversation. But to pose that question to someone, you don't know what challenges they're facing, especially when it is someone that wants kids and can't. And so we we just have to be more conscious of how questions or conversations can affect other people, but then also in turn being open to having those conversations and be understanding to what decisions people are making and why. And yeah, we can give our advice or, you know, our suggestions or whatever the case. But we just need to be open to allowing someone to have that space to talk, to vent, to process. Right. Well, Sheikha, it has been amazing having you here and talking about this. And I hope that this brings other people to talk about things like this, such an important life decision with their friends, with their families, because 
everybody has their own joys. And for some, that means kids. And for some, it means traveling whenever they want (laughs) and just live the rich auntie life. (laughs) I'm going to add that to my bio. You should. Rich auntie vibes (laughs) over here. (laughs) If there is one or two last words that you want to give to people, what would you like people to know or to consider in life? I would say um, do what you need to do to take care of yourself because you can't give your best if you're not at your best. Somebody not agreeing with the decision that you make or the way you choose to live your life isn't a reflection of who you are as a person. That's an issue that they have with themselves and it's not your responsibility to try to change their opinion. Do you? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that is such a great way (laughs) to end this. We just have to be open and loving and, you know, taking care of ourselves is something that is such a challenge for everybody. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I think the pandemic has given people that opportunity to take a step back and at least try to start doing that. And and even more specifically, mental health wise, at the end of the day, most of the topics that we have discussed so far on the podcast or moving forward even, they all kind of tie back to mental health. You know, how these topics affect us also affect our mental health and what kind of support or lack of also affects our mental health. And just like Sheikah said, take care of yourselves because whether you have kids or not, either someone else is depending on on you being well or even just yourself to be able to accomplish your goals and your dreams. We have to be in a good state of mind and healthy. So thank you. That is great, great thing to remember. Um, Shika, it's been amazing. And I hope our friendship continues for another 30 plus years, regardless of where we find <laughs> ourselves in life or where we're living. But definitely, I will see you soon in LA, I hope. Yes, yes. And I will see you soon in Denver. And thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you. And check us out on Instagram, TikTok, all the other platforms where you might listen to your podcast. Um, we would add, we will add details of the mixers that Sheikah had and my Thai tea in the descriptions. Uh, and again, thank you so much for joining us and tuning in. And I hope you're enjoying all of these ep- episodes and see you at the next Sobre Mesa. 